0: Masechet mo'ed katan daf Our basic principle is that on Choleh one may not do work of exertion, um, and also one may not do professional work. So if someone is an artisan, or this example here, um, if someone is a tailor, they may not make, uh, do professional tailoring. But if someone is doing it uh, just in a, a, a non-professional manner, then it's permitted. So that is the um that is the Mishnah, A layperson can go ahead and uh, sew in uh, the way that he knows how to do. What is the definition of someone who is a layperson when it comes to sewing? Anyone who does not know how to pull a full needle of stitches through the fabric at the the same time. A professional would know how to do that. Layperson can't. Or another definition, anyone who cannot make a straight hem on the bottom of their uh, of their shirt or their pants, uh, they'll make a hem uh, that would be thick so that it wouldn't wear out. And uh, lay people don't know how to make it straight. Professionals know, know how to, do no matter how to make it straight. So if you're not a professional, then you can do that on Moed because it's just, uh, you know, you need it for the moed. It's not professional work. It's not hard work. Now, if you are a professional, you are allowed to do some things, but you have to do it in a um, unusual way. So Machliv, the Oman is allowed to do that. My Machliv was Amin He can skip and make a temporary stitch that, that skips the uh, number of normal stitches. It's called Machliv because it's like the teeth of a dog that are uneven. And so those stitches will be uneven. And then we saw a machloket. The Tanakama says you are allowed to interweave uh, cords for a bed. Uh, Their beds would be have a frame, and on that frame they would have cords that go go across uh, both ways, uh, uh, crisscross, and on top of that they would have a a mattress. So uh, the Tanakama says. Uh, permitted, you can do that. Rebiyah says, no, you cannot You cannot put the cords on, but if they're loose, you can tighten them so that you can sleep on them better. So we want to understand exactly what this means. What does it mean, interweave, and what does it mean to tighten? When Rebiyah came from Eretz Yisrael to Babel, he said, listen, Eretz Yisrael, there are two Amoraim, who disagree regarding this definition, even though both of them learned it from the same teachers. One says that the one that Tanakh says you can do means uh, doing it crosswise and lengthwise, uh, putting, putting them both ways, make it nice and strong. And nevertheless, it's permitted, it's a lot of work, but. Um, something that you're going to use on Cholamoyed, where whereas Rebio says, no, you can't do both ways. You could do one way. That's sufficient. You can still get a good night's sleep. It won't sag too much. And that way you're doing less work. That's all you're allowed to do. That's all one opinion. The other opinion makes everything one notch, uh, one notch lower and actually more stringent and says according to Tanakama, you can only do it one way, but not the other. And says only if it was loose, then you can tighten it, but you can't even put it one way to begin with. Okay, so ini now we're going to have a challenge to that. Both of these opinions, the Tanakama and the biose agree that you cannot braid cords. To make cords for the bed, right? You want to braid them in the first place. Now, point to the one who was more lenient and said, according to Tanakama, you can put it both ways. So, and then with me in only one way, and it makes sense that uh, would have to teach us that everyone agrees. Even the one who says you can put it both lengthwise and crosswise still says you can't make the chords and, uh, uh, from new. So then I would have to say that because I might think that you could. But the other opinion that's more stringent anyway, point to that opinion, even the most lenient says you can only put it one way and not the other. And is even less. You're more stringent that if it's loose, you, you can tighten it, but you can't put them on. If I can't even put the chords both ways, and for sure I can't make the chords in the first place, right? Because yeah, that really is a good challenge uh, to the lean to the to the more stringent the second opinion. Okay. And now a further challenge, even though we didn't even answer that one, we're gonna challenge the, that opinion even more. Is there anyone who says that? We have a Mishnah Kelim. And over there we're talking about when does something become ritually impure? When it becomes a klee, when it becomes a usable vessel. When does a bed frame actually become a bed? It's when you put uh It says the word that we're that we're trying to define here, Mesargin, Mesheisrog, three batim, uh, uh, you interwe- interweave three rows lengthwise and widthwise. Um, so even if it's only three, that's already considered a bed. What you see here is that the word masrig uh, means both ways. And so therefore that's a pretty, pretty good proof that for the lenient interpretation that you only, um, that you're even allowed to, to make it both ways according to Tanakama, who is actually, we see here to be me'ir. Um, So rather, you know what, that tradition that we got from Eretz Yisrael, we have another tradition about that tradition. Um, That one, the one that we've been discussing until now, was from Rav Dimi. He was one of the Nechuta'e. But another one, a colleague of his, was Ravin. He also came from Eretz Yisrael into Babel. And when he came, he explained the Machloket in Eretz Yisrael in a completely different way that would not have the challenges that we just had before. Uh, which you, you know you see the challenges of learning something in one country when you have, don't have perfect communication with the other country, you have to rely on the messengers, and it's only good as that. But the great thing is that you know through their uh, knowledge of the, all these mishnayot and uh, baraitot and their uh, ingenuity, they can actually figure out logically. Says so no that something that with that tradition is off, well. and then so Ravin came and explained it better. The word "b'mistargin," everyone agrees that means going both ways, and that's permitted according to Tanakah and Tanakama and that to be osay, and and everyone agrees, all the Tanai, all the Amoraim agree that that's the definition. Finish. They only argue on the definition of a matrichin. So whatever the biosay says, you're allowed to do. So one of those Amora'im in and in Exil Yochanan says that you can do it one way, but not the other way. And the other one says, according to the Biur, if if it has to be on already, you can tie in it, but you can't put it on in the first place. All right, but well, we still have more questions, even according to this definition. Uh, so you can um, you can interweave both ways, and for sure you could do mematehein, whatever that is, it's going to be me'ir. You can only do one but not the other. There's a third opinion that says you can't do metika at all. So this is interesting that there's a third opinion. If you say that means putting one way only only crosswise then it makes sense that there will be another opinion that will be even more stringent and say, don't even do that. But if, if you say, if the more stringent of interpretation that you can't even, that you, can, you can't put it on, you can only tighten it, would there be a yeshomodim that says you can't even tighten it? Right? A, that seems to be an extremely uh, se- severe opinion. Would anybody say that? And the answer is in. Yes, even though you're not doing much, it's not really a lot of work, but you have another solution. You you can put put clothing in that that depression in the bed and you can sleep there uh, just fine for those few days and then after the holiday, you have a more prominent solution. So, be, so since it's not such a problem, um, yes, there was a yesh that you cannot even have that solution. All right. And that's uh, that's all we have for a bed. And now we're going to get to ovens and millstones. Ma'amidin tanur verechaim bam One is allowed to set up an oven, a stove, and a mill on chol Hamoed. These are things that take a significant amount of exertion to build. Um, but they are also all items that you actually use on the moed for cooking, um, for that's the, the oven and the, and the stove, and the mill to prepare the flour. The, the, the flour. and adds a stringency that you can't chisel a millstone for the first time on cholamai. It does have to be prepared. What you can do is take the, the top and put it on and build it, but you can't chisel it. Now we're gonna define what kind of chiseling happens in a millstone. One opinion is to cut grooves in the millstone. So in between the the two stones, you need grooves so that the uh, the, um, uh, grain will go in there and get stuck in the grooves and then they will be uh, smashed. Um, And sometimes the grooves after using it a long time, they get smoothed out, you have to put new grooves so that is, that, that's what it means. Whereas the bat aina. says, it means cutting an eye hole, a hole in the middle. That's actually where you would put the uh, raw grain inside and then start turning it around and when, uh, whatever's in there would uh, move to the sides and get cut. And so it's talking about cutting a hole in there. That's what the chiseling means when the bi'odah says that's what you can't do. All right. So now we have two opinions, and again, we're going to ask a question about them. B'raita says that you can set up oven and stone um, as long as you don't fully complete the labor. Don't do a full job. Just do enough that you, that you can, that you need to. Do the whole thing. You want to cook well says, in the name of uh, Rabbi Elieh that you can build a new one and you can cut a groove in an old one. And there's another opinion that says, you can't chisel it at all. Okay, so now we're going to focus on the new and old in this B'raita. If you say that chiseling means cutting grooves, well, that can happen in an old millstone because over time the grooves get, get uh, smooth and you have to re-chisel it. So that, that opinion makes sense. <inaudible> um, but according to the one that you're cutting in a hole in the middle uh, to put the grain in, uh, so then why, why would an old millstone need a new hole, right? It's, it already has a hole, otherwise it wouldn't, be, wouldn't it have been usable in the first place. And there's a challenge to that opinion. But we have an answer. Maybe you have to make it a little bigger, right? And Because we want to put more in there. And so that might, ha- that might happen even with an old one. When I once heard someone who was cutting a groove into his millstone, chiseling it on Cholamohed, who is this? His body should be desecrated because he's desecrating Cholamohed. Okay, very stringent, he was in fact stringent because he followed the yeshomrim that he said, that said, I can't do it at all. Not an old one, not a new one. So that's why he was stringent. Or right, he was stringent, but the rest of the that is is going to be a whole a bunch, uh, uh, whole series of statements of leniencies, most of them. The Rav Chama you can make a groove in a millstone on Cholem Mo'ed, it's okay. Uh, so we do have a stringency here uh, that uh, if you have a, a, if you have a horse um, that or a donkey that you ride on, and so you need to trim the hooves so that it can ride, and you're using it on, that's permitted, because uh, you, you need you need it. But if the, the, the donkey that you use to pull a millstone, right? they need, need uh, uh, some uh, horsepower, donkey power to pull it, that you cannot trim its hoofs because it, it, how much grain do you need on Cholomoyed? Not so much for the whole holiday. And even without, uh, it, it can perform that task even if you don't trim it. So this is a stringency to limit, try not to you know, do that much work if it's not necessary. Okay, although we have that opinion, nevertheless, Ravy Huda um, Rechaya. permitted one to trim the hooves of a donkey to turn the mill. He said you can set up a, a millstone. you can build it, uh, build the base of it, and you can make a water channel to uh, to push the, the mill. Um uh, a, a hydraulic powered mill. And you can build a stable uh, for the horses to to, to, to to use to pull the mill. So in other words, everything's allowed, the whole series. All right, and now the rest the stuff is going to be statements of Rabah. all leniencies. Rabah says you can groom the horse, fill the trough, and build a bench on uh, on Chol That's totally fine. Um, all, all for the use of a the animal uh, to to pull the mill. So everything's allowed. Rava <inaudible> said you can do bloodletting on the animal. They believe bloodletting was uh, was medically beneficial for humans and for animals too. You can do that on Chol so that the the donkey that's pulling the mill will be healthy who always argues with him. Today, he said, I have a breitah that supports you. And yes, you can do bloodletting for your animal and you don't prevent any medical treatment from the animal on Chol Hamoed. Um, in general, for general use, for writing, for whatever, including for, for this, for pulling a mill also permitted scrubbing garments um, as part of a, you know, to get to get stains out, even though generally you can't do laundry. That's a lay person's way of doing laundry, right? Just scrubbing a little, that's okay. But if you're gonna um, tie sleeves and make pleats, that's prohibited, that's professional laundry. Um, so that goes back to the principle we started with today, that you can do something in a lay, a lay person's way, but not a professional way. continues, Someone who's clearing the ground, uh, you're making the ground straight, it depends. If you're doing it for a threshing floor, that's permitted because you want to thresh on cholamayed because you're intending to eat it, so that's useful. But if it's because you want to prepare the ground for planting, that's prohibited because, right? What you're going to plant now is not going to grow for a long time, so there's no point in doing all that work for cholamayed. That's not going to be a benefit of cholamayed. Okay, so hechidami, how could you tell the difference between someone who's uh, making his the ground straight for one purpose or the other? If you see someone taking a mound of dirt, putting on top of them another mound, or digging one furrow and putting into another and putting it into another furrow, furrow, in other words, he's not making the whole field straight. Uh, he's only making one 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 area. Then you know that that person is making a threshing floor. Because threshing floor, you just need a, one area to be straight. You can do that threshing and that's it. But If he takes from the mound, the mound, and puts it into the furrow, that means he's doing it for the whole field and he's making the whole thing straight because he wants to plant. That is too much work and inappropriate for Someone who clears figs his, his, his field of twigs, It depends why he's doing it. If he if he wants the twigs, he wants to use them for burning or firewood, that's permitted. But if he wants to clear the field so he can plant on it, then it's prohibited that For the field itself, it's not not allowed. If he only takes the big branches, that means he wants to take those to use for building material or for to burn wood. That's okay. If he's taking the big twigs and the small twigs, what use is there for the small twigs? Then you know that his intention is to clear the ground for planting and that is not appropriate for Someone who opens a water channel, an irrigation uh, um, channel onto his land, it depends also. What's his intention? If his intention is opening it to catch fish that are inside, then it's okay. You can have the fish and they'll eat them and enjoy the holiday. But if he wants to water the ground, that's prohibited. Okay, well, we of course, we talked about in the first Mishnah, when and where, what kinds of fields you are allowed to water or not. So this would be a case where it would not it would be prohibited. How could you tell the difference? If he opens two gates, one, but for the water coming in and the other one for the water going out, then you know he wants the fish, right? He's going to wait for the fish to come through and catch them. But if he only opens one and all the water is staying in the field, then obviously he cares more about watering the field and less about the fish. Someone who cuts branches of his palm tree, if his intention is feeding the animals, that's okay. But if he wants to, um, so just for the date palm, so that the date palm will grow better, uh, kind of pruning it, then it's prohibited. How could you tell the difference? If he takes all the branches just from one side, then, you know, he just wants the branches so he can feed them for the animal. I take from both sides, then, you know, he's he's doing it for the enhancement of the health of the date palm itself. You have unripe dates. If you cut them into pieces um, so that they'll be fit for eating and they'll ripen quickly, that's permitted. But if you want to preserve them for after the holiday, that's prohibited. Right? So again, the principle, you can do something that you're gonna enjoy on Cholomoyed, do work to prepare after, after Cholomoyed is not allowed. However, there's an exception, a leniency. However, if when you leave them, they're gonna get all infested with worms, then you're allowed to um, then you're allowed to preserve them because it's like merchandise. Merchandise in general, we're gonna see is not allowed, you're not allowed to do commerce commerce and buy and sell. But if it's the ha'aved, if you're gonna lose out on the profit on the on the principle, then it's so. then you're allowed to do it. And here is if you let it go, the dates will be totally ruined. So in that case, it will be permitted. And that vein who any business, any commerce is prohibited on the but if it's going to cause significant loss to the principal itself, it's permitted ravina we're gonna have two stories here one time uh, ravina had a business and he he could have sold it he got an offer for 6 thousand dinar but it was called so he didn't take it and sure enough, that was a good idea. Not only did he fulfill the halakha well and enjoy his cholomahed, turns out that the stock went up and he was able to sell it for 12,000 dinar afterwards. Had he sold it on cholomahed, he would have lost out on that profit. Uh, Ravina once lent money to the people that lived in this fortress of Shanbata, and he wanted to collect the debt. And so, he went to Rav, can I go today during O'ed? Since now they are there, and on another day, they're not gonna be there. They travel all over. You're not gonna be able to pin them down. Then you won't be able to collect your debt. So you know what? This is like um, a merchandise that will be lost, a significant loss, and therefore it's permitted. So it's interesting we have these two stories back to back. One where perhaps you could have argued it would have been allowed because uh, you know the, the stock might've gone down. And so maybe that he would have lost his principal, but he didn't. He's kept the law and it went up and so it was even better but another case where you could say well I don't know find them some other way and nevertheless permitted it so you see that these are very subtle definitions and every case has to be um uh, has to be analyzed for itself this principle that we just said gavna, we have an uh, it also applies to dazara. Because we, we learn, you can do, go to a fair of, uh, of non Jews. They have a fair and they're involved in it, so, all kinds of maybe pagan rituals. Um, but it's, there's good sales at this fair. So you're allowed to go there and buy animals and servants, slaves and maidservants and houses and fields and vineyards. And you can even go to the non-Jewish courts to uh, certify these sales. So if you don't go to the non-Jewish courts, then they could always come and say, oh, I didn't really sell it to you, I didn't mean it. So you go to their courts and they certify it. And that way uh, you won't lose, your, you lose the sale, no, no returns. Um, and the reason all this is allowed, because it's like you're rescuing the property from their hands. This is a good deal. You won't be able to find it afterwards. So even though, yeah, you have to go and be involved in using these non-Jewish courts. We like to use a Din better. And you have to go to the fair where that might involve some uh, aspect of, of course, doing idolatry, but it might be associated in some way. All that nevertheless is permitted because, of this principle of davar uh, haaved, something that will be lost. And so this is a good source for what if something is on sale during kolam then and the sale will not continue afterwards and you won't be able to ever buy it again. Is that considered substantial loss? And so perhaps, yes, according to this. Rav she Rav she ra lechiyah midal o hare b'chulah demuadad. Rav promir to weave a simple trap to catch an animal. My yitama? I say because it's a, layman, a layman's way. But this complex trap made out of nets is not allowed. My tamama say, oh because that's an expert way of doing it. And lastly, So Rav said that Ami can, the, the one who makes ovens, he can make ovens on khala migdal Okay. And to this other person, to make sieves. Oh, both needed for cooking. Ini, hold on, is that true? how, how could he do that? Um, another another sage said that you are not allowed, Braita says you are not allowed to make ovens. A lot of work to make an oven, um, and therefore you can make a new one on Cholamoed. and we say there's no, no contradiction. kan In the summer when it's hot and dry, and the oven will dry out quickly and can even use it on Cholam Oed, For the summer, that would make sense, like uh, for, um, for I guess, Pesach is more in the summertime. Uh, so Cholam Oed Pesach, and you can use it right away. But in the times of when the rainy season, well, maybe depending on where you are, uh, where you live, it's if it's raining, like on Sukkot, if it's already raining then, then you're gonna make the oven and it's going to be raining and gonna ruin it. And so you won't be able to, to build it there then. And so, this is another example of the, that principle that you cannot do um, a, 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 a lot of physical exertion if it's not going to, especially if it's not going to benefit you on Cholam Mo'ed itself. And so, through these series of statements and stories, we get a good idea of the appropriate Cholam, Cholam Mo'ed is Chol. So, you can do a lot of things, but nevertheless, it should follow all these principles that we've listed in this stuff. Baruch Adonai